without further ado. That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm going to just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by professional better Raheem Palmer and NBA analyst Joe Delera. This is the Thursday Workshop. Each week on Wednesdays and Thursdays slate, we record the day before. We're recording this on Wednesday at 7 Eastern. We do this on live on YouTube, by the way, on Tuesday and Wednesday nights at 7 Eastern if you want to join the show. We break down the lines hot off the presses for the following night, get you the best bets. But more than that, we break down why. We bet these games the way that we're betting them. Get a look at the models, factor in the injuries, try and get figure out where the best value on the numbers are. You can follow all of our picks in the Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information, follow futures, all that kind of stuff. Download it right now on your mobile device, the Action Network app. Raheem Palmer, yeah, it's Wednesday. It's 7 o'clock. We got the last night of games before All-Star break. This is scary times. This is scary motivation is going to be real inconsistent on these games on Wednesday and Thursday, but we will persevere and get these bets in. What's your best bet for the Thursday slate? I'm going to go with the Charlotte Hornets, Miami heat under 228. My model makes this 224. Look at this Hornets team. They in a complete tailspin lost eight of the last nine games. Only one came against the Detroit Pistons. And a big part of that is because their offense is struggling. They're scoring just 103 points per one of the possessions during this stretch. And me and you have talked about this before, Matt, but the loss of Gordon Hayward, it looms large. He's one of their best players and one of their best scoring threats. When you look at the Hornets, they play at the fastest pace in the league. And when you look at their unders over the last nine games, they've gone six and three to the under because they're struggling. The three games in which they've gone over we're against the Grizzlies and Timberwolves who both rank in the top 10 in pace and offensive length of possession however that won't be a case against this Miami Heat team they play the fourth slowest pace in the league they're 22nd in offensive length of possession and they're dead last in defensive length of possession so I think that this Heat team that you know they're six in defensive rating and I think over the last couple weeks they're second in defensive rating they have ability to lock down this Hornets team and slow the pace down in addition, Tyler Hero is probably out for this matchup. Last time these two teams played, the, the Heat, they scored just 104 points, and they held the Hornets to about 88 points per one to possession. So I think this really goes under two tired teams headed into the All-Star break. I really like the under here. I just think it's too high. Okay, a couple things here. One, mm-hmm. uh, let's, talk, let's dive specifically into this. We got a fatigue situation here, tired, going to the All-Star break. You know, you know motivation is questionable. If you're going to cut effort, aren't you going to cut it on the defensive end? Isn't that where you're probably going to be like, I'm not going to make this close out. I'm not going to make this rotation. I just want like when guys aren't trying like, oh, I don't know. Let's just name an event off the top of my head. Like the all-star game, like no one plays defense because no one's trying. Right. So if your effort is getting impacted, I understand the idea of like dead legs can't hit jumpers. That happens for sure. But if this yeah. one, if it's an if it's an effort issue and not a, just a fatigue issue, if it's a fatigue plus an effort issue, doesn't this make me kind of worried about being able to put up some points because neither team are giving that much effort on, on the defensive end? Um, to a certain extent, I mean, but these two teams aren't playing on a back to back, so I think you have that going. 
um, for you. And I just think the Miami Heat are a professional team. They're right. not a, a team who are just going to quit. And I also think when you got a young team in the Hornets, they're, they're looking to establish themselves. They just got beat by the Miami Heat by, by 20 or so. And it, they just blew a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves in which they were up 12 in the second half. So I think these are the two teams who they aren't likely to quit going into the All-Star break. And I just – I don't trust this Hornets offense at all. And I just think the, the Heat, they play at just such a slow pace that if the Heat put up 115, 120 against – which is fully possible, but you're asking them to do that without Tyler Hero and you're asking them to do that in a game which is likely to be a slow-paced game. I mean, the Heat, they only put up 115 on the Nets. So we all know the Nets can't defend. So I just, I just think this is a lower-scoring game. All right, I got two numbers for you, okay? Um, First, this is per cleaning the glass. All right, Charlotte versus top 10 defenses are 23rd in offensive rating, averaging a 105.8 offensive rating. That's terrible. So that helps you, right? Like Charlotte yeah. looks like they're, they're not going to be like, your, your cap on this is that the Charlotte offense is in a bad spot when it's been good for the whole season. That's not being accounted. And that Charlotte's offense is going to underperform. You can kind of correlate this with versus top 10 offense or top 10 defenses the Hornets are giving up 113.8. That's 21st in the league. So they're giving up a lot of points. Let's go to the other side. Let's look at Miami, who we have questions about their offense. The numbers overall are good, but you and I both have some questions about it. How do they do versus a bad offensive or a bad defensive team, rather? Because the Hornets' defense is, we know, to be pretty much garbage. Um, versus a bottom 10 defense this season, the Miami Heat have the third highest offensive rating. They are third best in the league. Uh, oh, wait, my thing just upset. I'm sorry, 10th. They're 10th, but still very good at 116.3. Their defense versus these bottom 10 um, defensive teams, so they're scoring, they're getting back, and then they're getting stops. They got the fourth best defense at 105.7. So, as I often do with you, I will ask you this question. If the cap is that the Hornets offense isn't going to be able to do it, and we know the Hornets defense isn't good, why don't we just play the Hornets team total under 111? 112, rather. Mm, I mean, maybe maybe the, the solution is just to play the heat. It's like if we don't expect the, the Hornets' offense to do it. I, to me, I just – the big thing is that I'm also not expecting the heat offense to be that great without Hero. That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. I like that because you like – let's take off like two points off yeah. of that. That gets us within range. Miami versus mm-hmm. bottom 10 defenses are plus 4.1 in spread differential. That's fifth best in the league amongst bo- against bottom 10 defenses this season. Um, I may play the Hornets team total under. I know you got to lay more juice on it, but I don't mind. Like, I don't, here's what I don't want to have happen, Raheem. I don't want Miami to hit us with like a, uh, they can't stop Yurtsevin. Max Struess has 15 points. Jimmy Butler, put yeah. up 30 with light. Yeah. Work. Like, I don't want to get hit with that. That Charlotte defense is not good. And I don't want to trust yeah. them, but I like the cap on, on the Hornets. So I think either playing the yeah. Heat or the team total might be better. I get what you're saying, though, with Hero. I got to think about it, but that's a very good – I like the cap on that. Uh, Joe. So I'm looking at this Philadelphia 76ers versus the Milwaukee Bucks game, and I really like the Bucks at minus six. I get that this is like a little bit – it seems like a big number considering like where the two teams are in the standings, but the Sixers don't have James Harden yet. They 
and they still don't, and they don't have the pieces that they traded to get James Harden. So right. you're looking at a team that's going to be without Seth Curry, without Andre Drummond, and we just saw them get absolutely waxed by the Celtics. And like the Celtics are they're super hot right now, so like I I get why that happened um even though they were a little bit shorthanded, but like this Bucks team, I think like I know we were talking about motivation this is that was like a big trade, and that was like a we're gunning for you type of trade when you trade for James Harden. Um, like they've the Philly thinks they can win a title. Like I think the Bucks are gonna want to go into this All Star break and just make a statement and just say like no 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 we're defending champs we're gonna beat you and they're like they're close in the standings like it's not an unimportant game for Milwaukee right. from even like a seating perspective. Like I think that this is this is a good spot and like this is kind of one of those instances where you're coaching them. You tell them, it's like, let's go into this all-star break strong, make a statement, enjoy the all-star game. You know, like a lot of you guys, like a lot, like, you know, Giannis is going like, I, I just think that this is a really good spot for them. They're already better in adjusted net rating. Uh, they have a better offense. Um, they're healthy and they're like, aside from they're missing content, they might be missing Grayson Allen. Uh, Cause I think Grayson Allen's doubtful for tonight's game. So we'll see if he plays against the Sixers, but I, th- I think this is a smash spot and Philly's been bad. Like over the last two weeks, anyway, Philly has a negative point differential They're uh, at like negative, I think they're negative 3.4 um, or yeah, 3.5 over the last two weeks. And they're three and four. Uh, whereas Milwaukee's four and two with a plus 5.2. So now you're taking away even more players from Philly. I'm sure that number is a little skewed because of how bad they got beat yeah. by Boston, but like, you know uh, it, you know, that number is obviously like a little, a little off, but the thing is their offense, they're only scoring 109 point, six points for a hundred possessions. So like that, they just don't have the pieces I feel to contend with this Milwaukee team who I think is going to want to make a statement going into the all-star break. And like, I don't, I'm not as concerned about motivation with them. So I like this edge in general for the bucks. The bucks have played very well versus the Sixers. They've won these matchups. Like they've won the matchup versus the Sixers the last two years. Um, I'm probably gonna throw them in a money line parlay. I have the number at six. I feel like this might be yeah. a pl- like I can't play it because I've got it right on the on the dot at six. I think my concern here is no Brooke Lopez, no Pat Connaughton. They trade Dante DiVincenzo. Grayson Allen will at, at best be questionable. Like they don't have wings, and the Sixers don't shoot a lot of threes, so that's helpful, right? Like this is really yeah. an MVP showdown. Like that's what this kind of is. Is like the Sixers. I don't think have anybody to slow down Giannis. They don't have anybody to slow down Giannis. No. But the Bucs don't have anybody to slow down Embiid either. They don't have any centers. They don't have like they just don't have any. Like it's gonna be and and that's that if you if they play Giannis at five, which they probably will do some of, like there's a there's definitely a foul risk there with Embiid and how he draws free yeah. throws. Mm-hmm. And then I do think you're right though, that like, okay, I've got it at six for the full season numbers based off of the matchup, half court offense transition. Um but then you take away like Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, like take those guys out. Right. And then, so there's a, that if you do with the minus off of that, even if you take yeah. out a Connaughton, this still comes out with the bucks ahead. So I don't yeah. mind it. I'm just a mm. little nervous about it. I will say the Sixers need this game. They're coming off of a blowout loss to the Celtics. Okay. It's easier to get off of a, get a, to recover from a blowout loss. The players have said versus like a close one, the close ones hang with you and they eat at you. Yeah. 
the blowout ones, you're just like, well, no, night, whatever. Like, we're not that bad. Like, we're not, we're not 38 yeah. points worse than the Celtics, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. The Celtics shot like 60% from three. So it's like, yeah. you can I mean, explain you know it. What yeah. if it's like the eighth yeah. time that Al Horford shut down Joel and beat in his career. Like, what? You know, whatever. whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I'm sure Joel's going to have a monster game versus like the Magic next month or whatever. But I do think this is a spot where mm-hmm. Joel, sh- like, Joel should dominate this matchup. That's what I'll say. Yeah. He, like yeah. if he's the MVP. This is a great spot for him to earn it. If he has a monster game, I'll be looking at him for MVP and look at them, what that number is going to be. Cause I think it, like, this is a game. That was going to be short. Yeah. Like, this yeah. might move the MVP market. Like it literally might move either it. way. Like, yeah, either yeah. way. National mm-hmm. TV game, big game up mm-hmm. against a, a big competitor. Like this is, this is an MVP market mover. Um, Raheem, do you have any sort of edge on Sixers bucks? I'm I'm really struggling with this one, especially after what we saw from the Bucks against the Blazers the other night. Did that say more about the Blazers or did that say anything about the Bucks? And then so, when you look at the Sixers, let me stop you right there. So I, I, here's what I, I will say: It seems like the Bucks get up for these national TV games versus the big opponents. Like they are very much choosing which games they get up for. They didn't get up for that Suns game. Like the Suns would have probably beaten oh. them anyway. But that was like not the Bucks' best effort. They were at the end of the West Coast road trip and we're just like, oh, whatever. We got the Lakers win. But like they go into LA and they, the Lakers. And every time they play the Nets, it's like a shit. Like they show up for games like this one. Like yeah. this is the type of game that they show up for. What were you saying about the Sixers? I, I, the Sixers, the Sixers under Glenn are just an interesting team because they're, they're one of those teams where they tend to show up when you, they're like the Nuggets. They tend to show up when you don't expect them to. And this feels like a spot where they could actually show up, but it's just, I just don't know if they have enough. I mean, obviously you trace Seth Curry, who's just a big part of their rotation. You still don't have Shake Milton. I mean, you're dependent on Furcon. And I just think the, the Milwaukee Bucks big three can do enough to just win this game for them. Yeah. Like I feel like potentially the, cover. the pressure is going to be like, it's a lot of it's going to be on maxi and like what he can do to create because like Embiid as good as Embiid is like, he's not a guy that can dri- that's dribbling the ball up on his own. So if, you know, if drew puts the clamps on maxi, yeah. this is going to be ugly. And we've seen drew do this with like, no offense to maxi, but like better point guards yeah. Uh, yeah. where he just puts the clamps on. So it's like, if Embiid can't get the ball, he can't even do the things that like he he could win an MVP for. Um, and like, that's, I think some of the issues there, like, you know, and that you don't have another outlet, like you don't have Curry to help spread the floor a little bit. Like I, I think this could get ugly just because they're shorthanded and like the way that they're shorthanded, it's going to allow them, like they could double team and be like kind of easily with Portis and Giannis if they want to, like who, like, who are you worried about outside of Embiid and Maxi? on that team. Like if Korkmaz is going to beat you, like if he's going to go, if he's going to score 30 points, like, so be it, but like try, you know, like, I just don't, Yeah, it's just, I just think that like between like Drew Middleton and Giannis, like there's just way too much there. And like the ask for Maxi is, I think it's a, I think it's a big ask for him to, you know, really have, he has to ball out um, against this, against Drew and against Middleton on the perimeter. And I just don't think it's going to happen. Like that cap. Okay. Uh, I got yeah. one more I want to hit on the slate before we go. And that is the Dallas Mavericks visiting the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans are on a three and four. Uh, the Mavericks obviously have traded Chris Apps for Zingas. They add Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. They get a big win versus the Miami Heat. 
Um, and yet this line is three. Pelicans have been playing great basketball lately. They've been playing much better. But I believe they've lost two of three. Am I missing something? Is Luca questionable? Did, did I miss that? Like, is Luca questionable for this game? And I don't know it because I don't have anything on the injury report that would suggest that this should be uh, a three-point game, Raheem. When I run my numbers for the last month, I have this Dallas minus two, minus one point seven. So I found wow. that interesting. Yeah. Whereas my full season numbers have this around four. So. I kind of have to do a little bit more digging on this game, and I, I kind of struggle with it myself. I mean, obviously, you still don't have Chris Straps. I mean, I mean, they traded Chris Straps, so I mean, I think that that hurts them a little bit. You still don't have Tim Hardaway. <laughs> to me, yeah, this Mavs team is just—I don't know. What do we make of this Mavs team right now? That win last night, though, like the defense—I don't know how, but the defense is holding. Like, yeah, I don't get it, but it's true. And Luke is doing enough. I think it's a lot to ask of him. Um, yeah. On the matchup model, I've got this Mavs minus 8.6 on full season power rating. I've got it minus eight. And I get that the Pelicans are a vastly different team than they were at the start of the season. And they've added CJ McCollum and like Herb Jones is playing. And I get all that. I still think three is too light. Like I can't get there, even if you can figure all that around. Um, and that leads me to three team money line parlay boys. Uh if we do heat, mm. if we do heat, Bucks, Mavericks, okay, three favorites, but three favorites mm. here. Uh, that pops out mm. at plus two eighty four at win bet, almost three to one for the Heat to beat the Hornets, the Mavs to beat the Pelicans, and the Bucks to beat the Sixers. That's not crazy. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. You can it's do not, a two. I, I now, Raheem, you can do a two teamer. We can take out the Bucks. And we just take Honestly, I, I think the one I would want to take out is the Mavericks just because it's just something funny about that game. They're minus two now. I think my app just updated like in front of my eyes. <laughs> that's that's the one that scares me because I just don't understand it right now. Yeah, and the Sixers boxes we're talking, uh, it moved back to five. Jeez. So yeah. I mean, look, this is the thing with All-Star. I'll say this. You if you're listening to this, like you gotta wait. You gotta you gotta wait until tip. If you're going to bet these games, you got to know who's in because it may just be like, yeah, Luka Doncic is out with right hamstring sore or like right knee soreness. And that right knee is sore because he's on a plane to Cleveland to go hang early or go do something else <laughs> before going to Cleveland. For the not in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, man. But the parties will be great. The parties will be great in Cleveland starting Thursday night. Like the, the Thursday night parties in Cleveland will be like it does not matter where you put the all-star game. The parties will be good. The parties are always True. great at all-star. Um, so be careful, but I, I do kind of like that combo. Like I understand I'm, I'm sitting here going like, wow, weird, funky things can happen on the last night before the end of the, before the all-star break. Oh, also let's take three suspiciously short favorites. That's, that's <laughs> uh, on the road. I'm taking three short favorites on the road the night before all-star break. What can possibly go wrong, Joe? What can possibly go wrong here? I don't know. Maybe Valanchunas has like the game of his lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's going to wrap it up for buckets for the Wednesday workshop. Thank you. Thursday workshop. Pardon me. Thanks for joining us on the Friday episode of the happy hour. We will have a complete all-star breakdown. We'll get you picks for dunk contest and three point contest and uh, the skills contest. And uh, Brandon will probably make me pick something on the all-star game. Cause that's a, thing where you play a game sort of um we'll do all that on the friday happy hour edition also 
Brandon and I are also going to give you a best bets quick version, like just the best bets over on the Action Network podcast. If you're not a subscriber, go check that out as well. My thanks to Joe Delera. My thanks to Raheem Palmer. My thanks to my live producer, Griffin Gould. My thanks to my full-time producer on the podcast, Dan Titus. You guys have a great week. And enjoy All-Star Weekend. We'll talk to you guys again next time on Buckets.